Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Wade. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. You got any New Year's resolutions? <laughs> Do you do New Year's resolutions? Well, it's complicated because of how I don't really relate to this as the only New Year. Uh, sure, by a lot. You I mean, the there's Lunar New Year between the Jewish New Years, of which there are actually more than one. Oh. The the Buddhist New Years and like various seasonal and astronomical things, like you know the winter solstice, as we talked about, is sort of like a big turning point for me, and that's a little mm-hmm. before New Year's. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I definitely observe January 1st and the rollover of the calendar as a big deal, but in a very secular way. Um, mm-hmm. not that that's not a, uh, of spiritual importance, you know, like it's in the realm of work and relationships and planning and schedules and, um, you know, taxes and like, there's bad things too. It's just like the, the, um, the year rolling over has a very like everyday kind of effect, so mm-hmm. I do kind of, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't have a habit or practice of making resolutions, but I definitely take that opportunity to um, change some patterns or yeah. habits. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a couple of things have changed. I, I was, I was, I took a couple of weeks off of formal practice because I was pretty sick, and the issue was oh. I was unable to sleep. So I was taking my morning practice time to sleep because I was having so much trouble falling asleep. Sleep um, is important. So I got over that just in time. So I've, I'm back on the back on the morning practice train, and that's one thing that I feel sort of renewed by the year. Uh, and then another thing is a bunch of my childhood friends dared each other to do ten thousand push-ups this year. Uh, as somebody just in total. Yeah, so like thirty-ish okay. a day. We we started a sort of like group taunting message thread for it and uh you know it's going fine everybody's everybody's still staying on top of it um and that's weird i've never done like one of those totally normy like exercise resolutions before but uh it's been fun i mean y'all are gonna have like some uh you know i guess big arms i don't know yeah i hope so (laughs) um it's a it's very specific I just try to like exercise every day, but, um, yeah, you're going to, I guess you're going to get really good at pushups. Yes. That's, that's the hope. I've never been super great at them. Uh, but it's, uh, I'm not either. It feels really good. It's, it's actually, I mean, like I'm relating to it as a movement practice, like all the other ones I do. And so I'm really feeling the sensations of it. And I'm actually finding that it has a kind of special qual cardiovascular quality. Uh Like there's a big rush after 30 push-ups in a row that I don't feel with other forms of of like cardio exercise or really like the rush that I am used to with with like cardio is associated with like agony and pain and this feels really good instead uh there is a burn but it's like also a, a rush and so uh, I'm feeling those sensations and really enjoying them and hopefully getting stronger that's fantastic yeah. What about you? Is, is it a is it a thing for you? Yeah. Well, um, I don't always do it. Um, but I, before I did write down a few resolutions because I think there were some things that I was 
unhappy about uh throughout the year and thought like you know well maybe i should just work on those things mm-hmm. um but i did also think about it for a second it was like well you know maybe my perspective of the year is, is just a little off um i think that when we're used to hearing bad things all the time you know we've talked about how the media and just what people are saying can affect your per- your perception of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, well, I, I know that I hadn't been the happiest towards the end of the year. And maybe that in combination with like the Omicron virus, um, I feel like a lot of people are getting Omicron about now. Yeah. Um, which I don't necessarily think of as, as a bad thing. Like my doctor today told me like, uh, probably everybody's going to get it eventually. So. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's maybe that could be a good thing in the in the long run, you know, in the short run, it's going to be tough. But um, but anyway, um, so I was thinking like, well, maybe everybody talks about how, oh, gosh, 2021 was horrible. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I don't think it really was horrible on an individual level, at least. I, I don't feel like it was horrible. Um, and so I wrote down. Before I did any resolutions, I was like, let me just write down all the things that I enjoyed about 2021. Mm. Um, cool. And I didn't write down the things that I didn't enjoy because I feel like I hear those all the time and mm-hmm. I didn't need to hear it then, you know. Yes. And I just started writing down and it was just like, um, I was talking to my roommate about it and my husband. I was just like, there's so many things. Um, well, one, we started the podcast and we, you know, did a whole year of of this podcast. And I know that helped a lot of people yeah. um, at least get started with Buddhism or, or learn about the community. And I think that's amazing. I graduated with my master's degree. I got a job. Um, I got legally married. I was already mm-hmm. married, but, you know, with the with the government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh there are all these these wonderful things that like if you don't take the time and recognize some of the things that you are grateful for, it could just seem like everything's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it that it's it's uh, I mean, we kind of talked about this around Thanksgiving, too, didn't we? Just sort of like yeah. gratitude opportunities that come with reflection on time that has passed and like like a moment of rolling over the calendar is like a perfect opportunity to think about what's happened since the last time. And yeah, I think, I think that there are kind of two things going on with like your observation, which I could also make of like many wonderful things that happened in the last year. And this sort of maybe social sense in which 2021 was the worst year ever and everybody hated it. And, you know, like I can tap into that feeling if I want to. Like I, I could can, too. I can allow myself to feel like 2021 was a horrible interval. But, but I'm starting to realize that it's not exactly real. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is, but it also isn't. Yeah. And like the, like the, the, the line, drawing lines from January 1st, 2021 to January 1st, 2022 feels especially arbitrary because that's not even the whole duration of the ordeal that we're talking yeah. about, you know? Yeah. And it's like not. it's not over either. But the 
the the it seems like i mean even if it's just for practical reasons the skillful thing to do is just to sort of accept that background as what's happening and then compare like like find find the the ways that we rose to that challenge to be the the bright spots and like we did it mm-hmm. in so many ways you named a bunch of them and yeah like i've been thinking about omicron too you know almost as like an omen or like a you know like a omicron omicron <laughs> uh, as a as a sign of what's happening and uh, you know i've got my dad had it like a week ago my mom ago. had it too or maybe she still has it right yeah now. Like my mind's testing negative. Like I've seen him, it's over, you know? Um, And the, so like some of the worst fears, like that was the worst fear of the whole pandemic. Um, You know, I guess like my unvaccinated, like toddlers getting it remains as a fear, but I've known a bunch of toddlers who've gotten it and haven't gotten very sick. So yeah, just from like an average standpoint, I don't think that it's getting like, children that young very sick yeah and this was with prior variants like i don't actually yeah like all the so now that, yeah it's so even it, easier it, it's 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 less scary to me now um you know i've got a booster you know i'm not scared at all of getting yeah. it and so now yeah so i'm now not either but the cold was really uncomfortable so i just don't yeah. want to get sick again, yes but. and like <laughs> i just had two weeks of being super sick and tested negative four times for covid during that so you know it's like you know it's it's there was a little bit of a like Ugh, i'm not even getting it over with kind of feeling you yeah know? um but yeah inevitably thoughts turn to maybe this is it kinds of things like if everyone gets it like we get to that point where there's total immunity and COVID re- recedes to the, into the background and is also mutated to not be as serious of a disease. And, you know, maybe this is the beginning of the end kind of feeling. Yeah. And, and that I'm not like getting very attached to that. I, I don't happening. want to either, <laughs> but yeah, but, I, I'm hope I do have a hope there. Yeah. Like there's a little bit of hope, but also what, it's causing me to do is sort of turn my thoughts towards what will, how will I, you know, sort of my post COVID resolutions, you know, like new, like the new year is still in the midst of this, but like there, there's a moment that I'm starting to pay attention to where, you know, I, I, a lot of the things about my life that I can't, that I had to change for COVID that I will be able to change when there's a like a sufficient feeling of after COVID uh, back to the way they were or to into a new way, like I'm starting to think about them and be like, well, how, when I can get together with people inside again, what will I do? There's, there's a possibility of, of at work of, of going into the office, commuting to mm-hmm. an office, which I haven't done. Yeah. We do have an office here, but I worked from home the whole time uh, and don't have a particular need to be in the office, but if it were easy enough to commute, I would. And, you know, yeah. like if I could get on Marta in downtown Decatur and, and like, you know, go to work, uh, I would absolutely do that every day if my kid, you know, once my kids are in school and stuff like that. So, like, I'm beginning to think about a life that has been impossible for the past two years and how much I'm going to cherish that, at least for a while, you know. 
Um, but I'm also thinking about the things that are better for my lifestyle that have happened as a result of this shift into the home and things that I won't want to give up. And yeah. just making these assessments and sort of thinking about my choices and uh, imagining what, like sort of making the best of both worlds of the post-COVID life uh, is really um, helping me think in a longer term way, think think like think in terms of growth and change and uh, and and hope rather than just like this is going to be this forever. I'm going to be sitting at home forever in an unending plague like I've been for two years. You know. Yeah. So I'm not. I don't exactly relate to New Year's 2022 as like a marker of the end of the COVID era by any means. No, not, not me either. It does sort of have God. these echoes of like, oh, there's a future. Like, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm i also at this point where I, I want to go back and think about why does the pandemic make me so upset? Mm. I know that sounds stupid. Like, oh. well, yeah, like, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why it would make you upset, and I, they're all valid, but I want to know why. I want to know uh -huh. why it's personally making me upset. Yeah. Um, and how much of that is actually still in my control, and how much of that is a mindset, and how much of that is my perception of things, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I do know that, um, you know, meditation especially can help you really see how much of something is actually your mindset mm -hmm. and i've you know taken a break from meditation i've done it here and there just like when when the inspiration arose but like i, I haven't had like a steady practice because i've i've just felt so depressed so i'm i'm willing to now kind of get back up because i want to see uh how much of my perception is is real i guess mm. and maybe we never exactly see that but i do think that it helps you see the truth a little bit you know see see some some uh i don't know uh silhouette of the truth mm -hmm. <laughs> or see around the sort of big hulking silhouette of your own illusions or something yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> and i know that i have I've, I've been almost kind of aware that i have been sitting in some sort of delusion of of what I what I think things are like versus what they're actually like. Hmm. But I think there is also a point where you have to be ready to uh leave that space. Mm -hmm. It can be I don't know, it can be kind of comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh to to stay there for a while. Yeah, I mean, these two weeks that I just took off have been the longest since before COVID uh, started that that I've gone without doing daily zazen. And I noticed that I was going crazy a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but didn't necessarily directly attribute it to the practice falling off. Mm -hmm. and in And actually... In the first week of it, I remember feeling like, wow, I don't actually, I feel the same. Like, I feel like just as alive and awake 
to my experience and I'm not doing Zazen, like maybe I've made it to that Zazen all the time period and, and that phase, you know, that everybody talks about in the literature. And I don't have to sit and look at the wall for 45 minutes every day. I can just sort of do everything and be meditating. And like, I don't, I didn't notice when that feeling went away, but by the end of the second week, I was a complete mess. And then the first night that I was able to sleep through the night, I got up early and I sat and uh, I was, I was like shocked at how I felt and and I still feel that way now. And, and, and it's kind of like, if this is how I felt every day for like two years and then, and, and, and how I felt yesterday is how I felt for my whole life before that. Like that's a- astonishing. Like it's, it's such a different perspective. It's such different mm-hmm. sensations. And it, 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 I'm not saying it's always like this or that it's like this for everyone, but the, I had gotten comfortable. I had gotten comfortable mm. suffering again. Yeah. Because there's something comfortable of like routine like doing things in a cognitive routine instead of like yes. being yes. Ha- be, like having to respond in an alive way to everything that happens which is deeply uncomfortable but it's also amazing yeah. i i think that you know one going to austin to 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 see my dad yeah um disrupting my entire routine and then also like getting sick with a cold like it disrupted it so much that it made it to a point where i was like well, I could create like a new one at this point, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. I think like one time, one time my stepdad had a heart attack and he was in like a coma for at least a week. I don't remember how long he was in, but you know it was kind of bad. But when he got out, because he hadn't smoked a cigarette mm. in like two weeks or something like that, he never smoked a cigarette again after awesome. that. Yeah. <laughs> like you didn't have to go through the, like withdrawals or anything like yeah. that. It's like sometimes if you can, if your routine gets disrupted so much, like you can have an opportunity to be like, all right, let's let's scratch everything and start over. But it can be really hard to do that if you are in the routine and you are comfortable with it. Even if you even if it's not good for you, you can yeah. still be comfortable with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of one of the first mechanisms of action of Zazen, right? It, like, makes you uncomfortable. Literally, physically makes you uncomfortable. But but also, very quickly after that, I feel it psychologically makes you uncomfortable. It makes you under- uncomfortable with your habits and patterns and conditioning. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that doesn't cause you to change, but it gives you the motivation and the opportunity to change because you see it all in a new way in the in the way that you're that you're describing and if you if you remain in the same functional patterns there's no opportunity there to change it and so zazen almost is is like the coma that lets you uh sort of wake up to the to the new situation without kind of without giving you the chance to like lapse back into the old way Mm. That's interesting. I mean, I I would certainly think that at the very least, if you went to a retreat, that could, that would be the, uh, 
you know, you would definitely have to even reset your actual routines and then re- almost like start up with this whole like it, it, it could be extreme, especially, you know, we've talked about that if you um, if you've never done it before or something like that. And mm-hmm. you're um, not 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 all I'm saying is not as not many people or are as disciplined as you. Uh, I don't know if Zazen is enough all the time to reset everything unless you, you are as disciplined as you are. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But like the, the, I mean, even, even Zen monks required seasonal retreat as part of their training. Right. True. Like I, I sort of think that's one of the, that's the wisdom of that season, seasonal schedule four times a year schedule in traditional Zen, the whole world around you is resetting its routine. You know, everywhere you look, the mm-hmm. the leaves are turning and the days are getting longer or shorter and, you know, the animals are changing their behavior. And so that's the, you have the same opportunity to, uh, to dive into that transition and come out the other side in a different situation. And that is, you know, daily practice is different from that. Daily practice is, is kind of just a, a, a recalibration on a day-to-day basis. But it transitions like the seasons, but also like the new year, and also like the end of the pandemic, whatever that means. You know, like there, there are, it's not, transitions aren't always these clean moments where the clock strikes midnight and the calendar year rolls over you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. sometimes they take a long time. Sometimes the new thing is phasing in while the old thing is still phasing out and there's an overlap sure. and it's uncomfortable. But regardless, there's a, there is a, there is something to notice about the transition kind of at every time. And so the, the, the role of intensive practice in Zen, I feel like is to, um, intensify transition to the moment, to the point where it feels like, you're a whole new person afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then why bother continuing to do things the way that you used to, if that's not what the situation calls for. And that sounds like the feeling you're having about practice. And, and I, and I also think that what you're saying echoes something sensei teaches all the time, which is, I mean, to me, he said it in a, in a phrase that seemed like perfectly calibrated to drive me personally crazy, which was you need to get a little more sloppy in your Zazen. Uh, and and I, I think what he actually and also like when I told him that I'd taken a couple of weeks off from being sick, he was like, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So like I, I think what he's getting at is. We create these transitions for ourselves in our practice all the time. And if you just sit like a, you know, like a statue staring at the wall in the same way, at the same time, in the same place every single day of your life. There is no transition taking place in your practice, but if you're mm. pulled away and stopping and starting and changing it and and changing what you're bringing to it, it it has a, a brand newness to it. Yeah, no, I change. like that. That is that is really important. And I, I think that was also the problem I'm, I was having at, by the end of the year because it did feel like it, whether it was true or not that things were just staying the same for a really long time. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that is important. These transitions to recognize these transitions and 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 just reflect 
um, on some things. And if you, you know, reflect on if you want things to change or if there were things that you were happy about, I think that's an important time. And I think you're right. I think doing it once a year, probably not enough. Mm-hmm. I think probably, yeah, maybe four times a year would be better, you know, just to reevaluate things on like sort of a, a quarterly basis. Mm-hmm. You're, you're laughing because it feels like a worky corporate way of looking at it. But like, funnily enough, that's also how Earth does it. <laughs> yeah, true. It does. And um, yeah, I think that it, it can be like, we, like we've been saying, it can be really comfortable to just not change anything up and not like it just be like, okay, well, this is working. And um, okay, fine. That's that's how we're going to do it. I, I like this idea of being like, okay, it's been four months. How is how is my uh, Zazen routine going? How is my all other routines? How's my um, how's my work routine going? How's my eating routine going? Like, are there things that I want to change? I think before I started working, I actually did do that. Mm. But I had a lot more freedom to recognize it. So now I'm thinking, well, what stopped me from recognizing it this year? What Mm. what were those forces in place that kept me from from thinking there was a transition in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe that's what I'm not liking about the pandemic. Yeah. I'm not recognizing these transitions as easily. Like, okay, I'm in a room with like, how many windows are there? Gosh, (laughs) so many windows in this room. Mm -hmm. I can see, I can physically see when the leaves are changing. I can physically feel the room gets colder when it's cold outside. Uh, I can, I go on a walk but every, even when I'm noticing these things, I'm distracted. Yeah. So there needs to be something where we kind of tie the physical environment with our routines. I think mm-hmm. that's important. Maybe that's what you were talking about last time with like yeah. the, the lunar calendar and stuff. Yeah, and absolutely wasn't quite was. getting it, but yeah. <laughs> that that absolutely was, but it's not all. That's not all of it either. And 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 you're also bringing up something really important, which is how many things that we can't avoid like militate against us doing that. And the pandemic is an example of that. And you said it a minute ago that like work itself also is like Mm. the, and it's not just monotony. It's like they impose their own time. You know, like COVID does have cycles. COVID has very crazy, erratic, unpredictable cycles of like waves of, sickness and waves of recovery and like you can't predict it and you can't run your life on it at all and then work has its sort of robotic corporate schedule and it has like it's so it's so you know over determined in terms of like get like getting things done by the end of friday and Mm. you know if it doesn't get done on friday it's gonna be monday and like you know all these other cycles and 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 that is just distracting from any other way of well, sensing I transition. Personally, think I did that to myself though. Mm. I think I because I think like that's how work has to go. Yeah. You're at work for a certain amount of time, and you have to think only about work. Then you get off of work and do whatever you want. And I think I'm wrong, mm. or at least I don't think if I keep doing it this way, I don't think it's a sustain- sustainable. Mm-hmm. What I did this week, and like I'm getting back in the the hang of the the swing of things, and I, you know, also like I was saying, my my um, cycle's been sort of disrupted. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm like, wait, why can't I just sit down for 10 minutes and do laundry? Mm-hmm. My right. my work doesn't care. My work mm-hmm. cares that I do eight hours a day and that I do my work. It doesn't care if I took 10 minutes to do laundry or if I took a 20 minute bath at one point in the day or if I took a walk even outside of a meeting and just experience the day. Yeah, those those things might add a little bit of time to the end of your day, but you're actually experiencing the day, which I think is much more important than the actual time you're you're off like the you're off and can are free or whatever. Like yeah. I think the idea that like I'm on the clock, therefore I'm not free is the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I made that happen. I did that to myself. Mm-hmm. There's pro- there's like also times during the day, just like times during the year where we have to step back and recognize what's going on during the day and not like actual things that are happening, but just like, what's the temperature outside? Like, what are the birds doing? Um, How is my body feeling? What do I need right now? Those kind of things. I think I would sit there all day and not think about anything like that. And I think that's where a lot of I think that's where a lot of my depression came from, too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of factors, but I think that that, that kind of um, I'm at work and it there's eight hours until I get off and then I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's not really living to me. Householders is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at ASZC.org. Our Sangha depends on your support. You can donate by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gasho.